Yo, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nathan. We do a very simple podcast in which we listen to punk, hardcore, metal, and adjacent forms of music that people send in to us. It's typically our first time hearing the releases in question, and uh, we just honestly react to whatever it is that we're hearing. We don't strive to make objective value judgments or be critics. We're not trying to influence what you think about the music that you're hearing. We're just trying to uh, put new music in front of you, encourage you to engage with it however you see fit, even if we don't like something, if you do, go purchase it, go see bands. The format of the show is also very simple. We have 10 bands in the queue every week. Everything is listener submitted. We roll some dice and we randomly select usually between five and seven bands every episode. Listen to them and uh, that's all there is to it. <clears throat> We're also back recording in person. So if you notice a slight uptick in the quality of the uh, recording, that's why. Although... Most of you don't have brain damage, so you probably won't notice any difference. And you don't have brain damage, so you won't fucking care. <laughs> right, for sure, yes. I've, I I notice this kind of stuff. It, it actually, like, I have it in my notes because I was, like, listening to, I was trying to listen to, to some podcasts this, this week, and I've brought it up on the show before, but I am a, a repeatedly shocked how, like, incredibly successful podcasts sound unbelievably bad it's almost as if the quality of the sound doesn't matter it's the quality of the content it is it is almost like it's almost like that it It is almost like that yeah (laughs) and and it always reassures me that what we're doing here is for uh like on balance a pretty pro setup based upon what i'm hearing out out in the out in the wild yeah yeah so I've got some notes up top that directly pertain to last week's episode. Okay. And I think it's going to be a shocking twist for you. I purposely didn't tell you about it so that I could give it to you right here live on air. Okay. So <clears throat> we did it again. We accidentally big upped the sketchiest thing. Oh, which one? Sewer Hermit. <laughs> <laughs> I would love Sewer Hermit. It's really good, right? It's And a lot of people... So, so the... Did you do some digging into the label is what I'm going to ask. Because I, have, I was looking at that label like, hmm, I don't want to dig too much because I don't really want to know. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, as soon as I saw the label, I was like, okay, I'm not going to look too hard into this. That's exactly what I thought because it's very low. It, it's very low-fi. It's very shitty. Right. It's, it's, um, it's, it's about the least amount of effort that you can put into a big cartel website. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And, you know... Right. <laughs> you know, that kind of says something. For sure. And then I was looking at those bands like, I don't really recognize these bands, but listening to them, there's some good shit on here. Right. Why don't Why don't I know about this? Why right? don't I know about this? <laughs> and I was like, mm, man, I don't know. And then just Sewer Hermit sounded, you know what, though? Yeah. Guy's Japanese. Right. We're off scot-free. I, I'm not so sure about that, but <laughs> but so, so no, I didn't look into the label. Uh, actually, Tyler Hammer, who, who does the Kings of Punk, uh, podcast and is very knowledgeable about metal and grind and adjacent stuff. Um, he called it to my attention because he's like, yo, this band is really good, but they are part of a Japanese like black metal circle thing called, uh, the circle of four, four, four circle of 44, 44 Reich. Yeah. I saw that and I didn't really give a shit for sure. Yeah. Because when you see it at first, you're just like, whatever metal shock value. Or and whatever. also it's coming out of Japan. Sure. So it's like, you know, right. Uh, so they are in the, 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 the primary band in that circle is a band called reek of the uns and gas fumes. And, <laughs> and they are, I gotta say, unbelievably good. <laughs> like <laughs> unbelievably good. <laughs> See, now that I just put in the Google reek of the, and it finished uns and gas fumes for me. Now you tell me. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Either 
it is an unbelievably good band yeah. or my computer is fucking listening to us <laughs> right now because so, I cannot believe that Google immediately jumped to oons and gas fumes it, to finish that sentence. It did for me too. So <laughs> apparently a lot of people are looking into this band. Right. They're really, really good, fucking good. And they, I don't, you know, Super Sewer Hermit is at the very least affiliated with this band. So I can't speak to their personal political ideology, but I will say that Reek of the Oons and Gas Fumes has done splits with Der Sturmer and Xenophobic Ejaculation, uh, <laughs> the latter of which is one of the more notable uh, full-on Nazi power electronics uh, projects of the last you know, 10 to 20 years. Okay. Yeah. Xenophobic ejaculation. Uh huh. How serious can you actually take them? Right. Right. These oh, are not course, the kind sure. of Nazis that you need to worry about. <laughs> right. No. 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 <laughs> these are these are full on like incel edge lord right. basement Nazis. Yeah. These are not these are not Nazis that you need to concern yourself with. <laughs> for for sure. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, uh, yeah, we, we did it again. <laughs> our, our ears naturally gravitated, but it was really, really good. So I dug more on like the labels and like the associations and whatnot. I found out there were some splits done uh, with um, some bands that, of like, because I, I looked into, I think one of the members of that band, Rika Loons and Gas Fumes, he runs like a label and there was like a Sri Lankan nationalist band on there too, like Nazi, like yeah. neo-fash band. And it's, I think it's such a strange and like distinctly postmodern phenomenon, like uh, non-white people gravitating towards Nazism. It's you a know, really interesting phenomenon. I think it probably starts with admiring the aesthetic. Oh, the, for sure. You know what I mean? Well, the, I think, the fashion, right? Yeah, the fashion and also just like the capacity to shock, right? Because yes. like, like even when you go back to like the early Japanese like punk like noisy punk and hardcore stuff there was tons of flirtation with like fascist imagery yeah. and stuff yeah you know what I mean and 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 that mirrors 100% like early American punk and hardcore right. too you know like I, I've talked about on the show before the Ramones were wearing like Swazi armbands sure just to piss people off right like you know? less than 30 years right. after right so so the fascination with fascist imagery <clears throat> is not at all difficult for me to understand but once you again this is an instance of like becoming what you pretend to be I guess it, it eventually becomes so deeply ingrained in the culture that like the lines between uh, semi-ironic admiration and like actual ideology become very blurred. I mean, that's how you get 4chan dudes yes, becoming like real fascists. That, where, where do you think like QAnon comes from? It's where all this shit comes from. Right. And we've mentioned that before. It's like you have to be pretty fucking careful. And most folks, I guess, are. But you, 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 you are always going to get yeah a subset of knuckle-dragging morons that don't know how to set up a big cartel website <laughs> yeah. that yeah. fucking buy into it full force. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it, it always it always strikes me as just uh, especially and remarkably strange when it's like full-on non-white people and they're like, because you when you look at like the YouTube videos of a lot of like fash stuff on YouTube, in the comments there's always like South American dudes that are like, Hails 1488 from Brazil. You know? I'm just know. like, yo, it's so fucking weird. Well, like, whatever, man. You know, it's uh, whatever. Yeah. I like racist music. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It turns out, it turns out I like racist music. Now, I don't like racism. Right, yeah. 
But um, some of them are out here really kicking out the jams. They really are kicking out some fucking jams, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so you know. So you know, full disclosure on Sewer Hermit. If you liked that, um, you too enjoyed the music of a of a fellow of, of a Japanese Shame nationalist. You. you should be fired from your job. And and I gotta <laughs> say, Japanese nationalism is is pretty nasty too. Because like, I mean, a when you trace it back to their their involvement in uh, in like you know World War II, obviously shit like Unit Seven Thirty One and stuff was one hundred percent on par and sometimes exceeding the level of brutality. Oh, there's no, there's no, there's of no the doubt. Nazis. And sure. then also within Japan now, there are far right national nationalist movements that are like incredibly racist towards like indigenous, like Southern Islander Japanese people and stuff. So and also just generally as a cloistered community, it's. I mean, Japan is also a full on ethno. States, yeah. so you know here's the thing yeah pretty much any time yeah nationalism gets a little heat under those burners yeah it's a bad thing yeah, yeah pretty much yeah it doesn't matter much. who's it doesn't matter who's the nationalist yeah right yeah it's a bad thing it's usually a bad look for sure but i will say so all of these bands they've got they've got one thing going for them that i think is admirable other than uh, that is ideologically admirable and it's something that i already was resolved to to double down on and something that you brought up in the last calendar year that i feel like i have not been keeping up my end of the bargain on and that is just heaping mockery and scorn upon christ he, you know what yeah, I mean, and 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 just basically any sort of revered power figure. Yeah, for sure. Heap mockery and scorn a, upon any figure of reverence. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, that's what I. That that's that's the only defense against it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I, you know, I just, I think, uh, you know, you're young. At least in my case, you, you get really into anti-Christian imagery and all of the bands and stuff, and then you ease off it as you get older because you don't want to be like unapproachably annoying about it, and you don't take it as seriously. Um, but like, I still find it deeply, I mean, it, it's deeply cool. <laughs> it's deeply cool to, 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 as Leviathan puts it, how mockery at the cross. Yes. You know what I it's, mean? Yes. It, it's, it's, it, and we said it before, the main reason we bring up the cross is because that's whose balls are the biggest in this country. Sure. Right. right? Yeah, that's yeah, who's exactly. the loudest in this country. Right. But I heap mockery upon any figure of reverence. Of course. <laughs> all of them. Right. All the Abrahamic faiths, the Buddhists don't escape. Uh, the Hindus, the Krishnas, they all can all they can all get it. Yeah. In, ca in case you forgot, yeah. no gods, no masters. <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. So, so I just want to double down on my commitment. You know what I mean? To 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 spitting upon, yeah. <laughs> to spitting upon the the grave of Christ, the false redeemer. Yeah. You know. So, how torn would you be? How torn would you be mm -hmm. if, when it came down to it, yeah, you could join the the side of you could join the forces of fascism, right? Right? Yeah. Albeit they were cool and satanic <laughs> right, and yeah. looked really fucking badass. Yeah. And sure. had good jams. Right. Or you could join the forces of decency. Right. And liberty. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Albeit they were not cool. <laughs> and they really loved Jesus. I, I feel torn between those two extremes every day. <laughs> I mean, how torn would you be, right? Yeah. I think that I would just take pot shots at both sides. Right? Yeah, for sure. If if the option to remain like a, a, a complete outsider to the conflict, yeah. I would I would take that one, even if my odds were, were worse, you know? Yeah. For Come sure. get me, motherfuckers. Yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, that's all I had in my notes today. Um, you got anything you want to bring up before we jump into it? I, I wish I was born in the Old West. 
Okay. You've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption too. I, I, I'm not even sure I'm actually playing the game. Right, sure. I, I basically have taken up a life, of, <laughs> a simple life of hunting and trading skins. <laughs> I, I have yeah, done yeah. only two missions yeah. in the entire game. That That is playing the game. That's one I, of the ways that that game is meant to be played. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing anymore. All yeah. I do is saddle up my horse, mm. and then I get another horse. Right. Because I, and I can't get another horse out of the stable, apparently. So I, I have to go rob somebody and take their horse. Sure, yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's the only robbing I do. Uh-huh. That's it. Unless yeah. I find those O'Driscoll bastards. <laughs> right, yeah, of course. Right? right, sure, yeah. And then I head off into the mountains, and I hunt for days on end. Yeah, and, I, and I come back into town loaded with fresh game and pelts that I can sell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, I, uh, I'll tell you one. I've, I've touched on this on the show before, too, but... One thing that like really reinforced for me, like I, I have I have trouble sometimes commiserating with like uh, with the disposition in the brain of like a, a drug addict, just because that's never been a space that I've been in. And like when I was a young person, I decided I wanted to, didn't want to drink or or fuck around with drugs anymore. I just stopped doing them. Yeah. But like, but I should be able to commiserate much more closely with these people because because gambling is something that truly haunts like the recesses of my subconscious yeah, I know. because I fucking, I, I, no doubt, no joke. One day when I was playing that game last year, I found that I lost about six hours of time playing poker in game. Yes, you know playing, what I mean? Playing fake poker. Playing fake poker. In a Wild West simulator. Yeah, and, and like, and and fully, uh, like, interacting with it and interfacing with it with the mind of, like, a degenerate gambler where I'm like, I can come back. I can come back. <laughs> and, it's, and it's fake money yeah. that I don't need. I could just go rob a train in this game. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm like fully committed to sitting at the poker table and the blackjack table, like trying to make my money. (laughs) I'm even worse because I don't rob anybody. Yeah. Right? Yeah. My my reputation Mm -hmm. is nearly impeccable. Right. I did shoot a rancher and burn his fucking, his barn down and shot his pigs and took him into market to sell them. But that's only because he shot at me first (laughs) because I rode my my fucking horse across his property. Yeah, sure. He had it coming. What are you going to do? Yeah. I have to, every few days, if I lose a horse, I have to go steal another one. So I have two horses to carry more game and carry more pelts back into town. Of course. I have not explored any other towns. I'm still at the first town. And all I do is go out and kill bison. An elk, right? <laughs> I get my bison and my elk fur, killed a few bears. Yeah. And then I just pack on the hides, man. You should and get- I have thousands of dollars in game <laughs> just from doing <laughs> I, I will say, though, you, sh- you should get to exploring because there's some other biomes for you to explore. Oh, I, I have. I just haven't gone into the towns. Like, okay. I don't, because okay. what, what I'm worried about. Because you can get gators, too. I got I got some gators. Okay. I shot the shit out of a fucking moose swimming across the lake. Yeah, sure. I was shooting beavers at the lake, and then I shot some fish because <laughs> yeah. I haven't opened up fishing yet. And when I oh, open dude. up fishing, it's done. Dude, the yeah, the fishing, the whole fishing mechanic in that game is addictive because you got to go to the right place and you got to get the right bait and lure and rod it's almost like fishing yeah yes but not really right but it 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 approximates the feel because i miss fishing a lot you know and it approximates it accurately enough that i will definitely lose out i haven't even opened that up yet so i shot some fish sure 
right? I was shooting fucking varmints and I was shooting birds and I was shooting beavers and yeah. getting some pelts and some feathers mm-hmm. so that I could make improved arrows so that I could shoot more animals. Of course. So that I could make more money to buy more arrows to right. improve by shooting more birds <laughs> right. so I could get, make better arrows to shoot more animals, yeah. right? It's a cycle. Sure. And I saw some fish and I don't know when I'm going to shoot these fish. And I shot some salmon and some musky. Mm-hmm. And as I was shooting the fish, I looked up and there's a moose swimming across the lake yeah. quite a ways out from me. Right. And I checked to see if I was downwind and I was. Mm-hmm. And I took off sprinting. <laughs> <laughs> like, just told my horse, come on. And I, and I, I sprinted and was exhausted. Yeah. Right. Got the other side, shot the shit out of the moose, ruined the hide because I didn't have the right weapon, I guess. Sure, yeah. And I uh, just peppered him. But yeah. uh, I know. I Believe me, <laughs> I know. I am... Uh, I, if if I lived in the Old West, yeah, that's probably all I would do anyway. Yeah, why not, right? Right. It's a simple life. I've, I, I've tried fishing with dynamite. You can't do that. Yeah, that's, that's... That is a bummer. Yeah, for sure. I wish you could, right? Yeah. All right, so let's get on with it. Yeah, let's sure. Let's not talk about a four-year-old video game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, okay, so first up, we have got Predator with Spiral Unfolds. This was sent in by Sam. This is a release on Total Punk Records, uh, which also notably put out the very, very good Sherry Cheeks LP that came out last year. Haven't listened to this yet. Then we have got a release that uh, you were listening to when I walked into your basement, the mm-hmm. new Antediluvian uh, record, The Divine Punishment. I feel like we just say now it's good. Yeah, well, I haven't listened to it yet, so okay. I'm going to take your word for it. This was submitted by uh, the aforementioned Tyler Hammer. Then we have got uh, a name that hasn't made an appearance since pretty close to the beginning of the show, uh, Controlled Substance with Why This World. We really liked the demo in 2019. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, they sent us some copies. that I think they were the yes, first band to yes, ever send us that's anything. That's right. Yeah, Absolutely. So, um, this was sent in by John, who plays in the band The Path. So I'm stoked that uh, this band put something out again. It came out in September, but it, it, it flew under my radar. So um, Then we have got uh, Mujeres Podridas uh, with Muerte en Perezo. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that somewhat poorly this was sent in by tj and uh, is a release out on beach impediment records that i uh, that i missed this last year then we have got anti-machine with their self-titled ep uh, this was sent in by uh, ryan donahoe and uh, this came out on uh, toxic state another one that i i just missed but i've seen this art everywhere i've seen a bunch of people sharing this i've seen this on the youtube channels i just haven't listened to it yet mm-hmm. Then we've got Backhand with Danger Thy Calling. This is a band from Provo, Utah. It's uh, one of Colton's regional submissions. Ooh, it's that it is definitely in the lead for best artwork. Yeah, I like the artwork for sure. Uh, he described it as uh, as alt rocky shoegazy stuff, though. Uh, he said there's some post punk energy to it. Uh, then we have got Boss with Cash Em In. This is a release on Static Shock, just a two song seven inch sent in by our friend Joe from Indy, who plays in Hell Regal. Um, says it's some some good rock and shit. Haven't listened to this yet. Then we have got Contravoid with Faceless. This was sent in by uh, my good buddy Fresh Ben. Uh, didn't really provide any context for it, but he's a man of taste, so I trust that it's good. And I think it's some like dark wave electronic stuff. Then we have got Cerebral Prolapse with Blossom. This was sent in by our local friend John. It sounds like uh, the name of a band that John would send in. He says it's uh, some new death metal shit from Rhode Island. And then last up, we have got Youth Deprivation with Self-Inflicted. This is a band from the Netherlands that was sent in by Jay from Cold Rats. Jay says he uh, likes the old stuff better, but that this uh, new stuff is not bad either. So I like Jay's submissions because they are not... Him sending something in is not necessarily... um, It's not necessarily... 
there's no correlation between him liking it and him sending it in. Sometimes yeah. he'll send in stuff that he full on just thinks is only fine or not that good, but he just likes sending in general European shit, which I appreciate. I've not heard this. I've not seen this or no. anything like that. Yeah. He usually sends in stuff that I would probably not have discovered otherwise. So I appreciate that about your submissions, Jay. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Let's uh, roll the dice. See what's up first this evening. Nine. All right, nine is Cerebral Prolapse with Blossom. You can find this at cerebralprolapse.bandcamp.com. Um, he did not suggest any particular song, and it's just three tracks. Um, so uh, we can just jump into the uh, opening track, which appears from the title to be an obli- uh, obligatory anti-cop song. That's, the second one might be, too. Uh, Sick Pig, yeah, it might be as well. So we're going to listen to Who's Protected When You Serve by Cerebral Prolapse off of Blossom. We just heard Who's Protected When You Serve by Cerebral Prolapse by the, uh, off of their debut, I think, release, Blossom. So we talk a lot on this show about various iterations of, of the kind of like heavy and extreme music subgenres that are relegated almost strictly to a, a life and death in the basement. And we often talk about like basement hardcore and basement grind. This is this is basement death metal to me. This is this is stuff that and not necess- in in the sense that its quality just doesn't lend it to a larger audience for me. Like this is this is the kind of death metal that 
uh, is probably made by and will almost exclusively tour with like Basement Mints Grind Axe. This is the kind of band you get on like a three band touring bill that's like two uh, Dread Scarlet, you know, grind bands and then their friends death metal band that they probably share one or two sure. members with. Sure. It's not altogether horrible by any means. I've seen a, a zillion bands that sound like this in basements over the course of my life, but it's just, it's like, it's just not an exciting, it's not an exciting take on death metal to me. It's competent, but it's very riff salady. It's, um, it's like, I appreciate the brevity of this take on death metal for sure. I'm glad that this kind of stuff gets in and out usually in two to two and a half minutes. I really don't have any beef with it. When I, back in the day, when I would see a band like this, uh, playing with a bunch of grind bands, it was always nice to have this type of stuff break up, uh, just the din of like a zillion different grind bands on a bill. Yeah. But it's also something that I never paid attention to. For sure. Exactly. Like I can't remember almost any of those bands that I saw, you know? Right. I mean, so it's just like, yeah, this is we have a ton of incredibly good, competent, uh, excellent fucking death metal that is coming out right now. Uh, this kind of stuff is just, you know, the it's it's not it's not cream of the crop material for me. So a lot of times, uh, first off, yeah, I'm going to do a thing, my new thing for the night. I told you last week, I'm going to try to look at the brighter side of things. Right. Uh-huh, sure. I'll be handing out roses and thorns. <laughs> Right? Okay. So everybody gets a rose and they get some thorns as well. Right? It's balanced. <laughs> okay. Way, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> so first up, let's get some thorns out of the way. Yeah. To me, this is <laughs> this is death metal only in the um, the, the vaguest of senses. Yeah, sure. I right? get what you mean, yeah. I think like memorable death metal, mm. good death metal, right, is either... Over the fucking top. Yeah. Completely over the fucking top. Mm-hmm. Right? Or there's a lot to sink your teeth into with, like, riffs and so forth. Sure, yeah. This is neither. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right? Right. There's this, this is entirely, this, stuff like this is entirely built around the doom, 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 doom. Sure. Doom, 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 doom. That's, right. that's that chunky, whatever you want to fucking call it. Right. That's what this is entirely built around. Everything else. Mm-hmm. Everything else doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it's like hardcore bands that just put in fast parts to get to the next mosh part. Yes, yeah, yes, for sure. yes, yes. And, yeah. and I don't know if I, it's not a mosh part. You're right. It is basically everything is built around the death metal breakdown for right. this sort of shit. For sure, yeah. Right? Um, so I don't really think of it as death metal. This doesn't enter my head when I hear death metal. Right, sure. Um, it's fine, I guess. I like, like you, because we've been to a lot of the same shows, seen plenty of bands like this, never really paid attention to them. Right. Right? Whatever. Those are my thorns. Sure. Okay. Right? Now, now, now. How about the rose? The rose. Brevity is a good one. Yeah. Don't, don't, ha- do not, don't you fucking dare do this for longer than three minutes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Don't you fucking dare. Right. So there's the rose. Okay. Um, that's about it. Okay. I like the rose and thorn dichotomy here because it's it's like the gimmick of an anime character or something. It's a JoJo character. Yeah. I give you my rose, yeah. but now feel my thorn. That's right. Well, this got more thorns than it did roses. Right. right. I will say good job. Another rose. Okay. Yeah. I, now, now, you know, yeah. I don't play any instruments. Sure. You know, but by and large, I think I identified an HM2 in there on the bass. Yeah, maybe or something is similar to it. There was a, there, it was a very fuzzy, blown out bass tone. Not bad. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. That's always that's always nice in the ears. Yeah, no doubt. Right. Yeah. 
some people might say, eh, the HM2. You know what? You like those dismember records too. So for sure. Fuck yeah. off. Indeed. Right. So there you go. Two roses. Okay. And a handful of thorns. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. I I'm real really liking this. I like that also the the turning over a new leaf analogy is now carried even further into the world of botany. Um, okay, cool. Let's, let's keep it moving. Let's roll dice and see what's up next. See who, see what other roses and thorns you bestow this evening. Three. All right. Three is a uh, controlled substance. So we're going to be revisiting these, uh, these folks for the first time in a couple of years. You can find this at controlled substance, hc.bandcamp.com. This is uh, a release called Why This World. It's a six-song EP. I don't know if this has gotten a, a physical release. I know the demo did. Um, this came out in September, and like I said, it, it flew under my radar. I don't think this is a band that a ton of people know about. Uh, I think that they play they've they played some shows, but you know, COVID COVID tripped a lot of folks up. Maybe they're just getting back on the uh, on the wagon, as it were. So um, it looks like they got the first song queued up to play. So uh, we can just go with that. So we're gonna listen to uh, Where Will You Be by Controlled Substance off of Why This World. Okay, we just heard the song Where Will You Be by the band Controlled Substance off of their new EP, Why This World. So when we heard this band the first time back in, you know, pretty close to when we started doing this show in 2019, I liked the demo and I think I 
I liked it very much specifically because it was a demo and I said there was a lot of promise in it and I would really, I, I kind of added the caveat in there, like I would really like to hear this band come back in six months to to a year with a better recording quality, uh, hone some of the songwriting and performance a little bit. And like, I, I'm kind of bummed because I feel like that didn't happen and we got something that was qualitatively pretty on par with the demo here. I actually think I like the the instrumental recording on the demo actually probably a little bit better than this. This yeah. this recording felt really roomy in a way that that didn't hit very hard. Um, the vocals are better for sure, and I think the vocal recording is better. And I guess from a technical standpoint, probably the recording overall is better, but it doesn't serve the music as well. And I also felt you know there were some sour notes in there. Uh, the songwriting was was not bad. I thought the fast part was definitely better than the the intro bust Warzone style kind of like Mashi intro riff, but returning to that riff with the added lead uh like towards the end of the song was a good move. I liked I liked returning to and repeating that motif. Um but I will say yeah, I was kind of I'm kind of bummed that in the 2 year period between the demo and the release of this EP that they weren't like sitting back and really fucking like banging out some fucking some hits and like getting really good at being a hardcore band, you know? You know, maybe maybe they got really sick. Really sick for a long time. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know what happened to these th fellas. Sure. So you know what? This could be a new lineup. Half of them could have died. That's right. Who knows? That's right. So, yeah, I, I said, you know, I want to go back and listen to the other one because I, I want to, it's been a minute, right? Right. And I want to compare. Yeah. Um. I I think we, we agreed, we, we concurred when we were talking about it. I like the vo the vocal recording on this one sounds better for sure, and right. I think the vocal delivery is better on this. I think too. it's better too. Yeah. Yep. Um, but musically, this is basically right on par. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's a total continuation of the uh, of the demo, which honestly is fine because we like the demo. Yeah, for sure. We like the demo. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. Right. I think, yeah. I think we were just hoping for maybe a bit more. Um. I guess maybe a slicker sound. Yeah, for sure. For more, sure. And, and yeah, there were some sour notes in there. You heard those. I think I think that, you know, we just maybe hoping for a little, a little bit more of a put-together sound, but that's okay. Yeah. This sounds fucking good. I mean, on any given day, on any given day in any fucking mid-sized town, this band is a fucking big deal hardcore band on their scene. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, <clears throat> per capita, I would have to say. Yeah. Just a numbers game. New York has to be in the, in the, in close to the lead for the most amount of, like, fucking rando unheard of fucking punk bands that is probably true yes right yeah so like when you think about like new new york punk you're thinking about the fucking hot bands at least fr look from the outside looking in you're sure. thinking about the hot bands that are making like you know well, like we have a release on toxic state right right sure but there's a million fucking you know bands that probably sound like this right that on any given night yeah on any given show in a fucking mid-sized town or smaller mm -hmm. this is big shit yeah, no doubt. If this if this were a fourteen or a Fort Wayne band, I'd be fucking psyched. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah, no doubt. I think they yeah. would be the best hardcore band in Indiana, probably. Right. Yeah, they'd be. They'd certainly, certainly be in, one of the best. They'd so be certainly in the running. In, yeah. in the running, right? Yeah, for sure. I think I think being from New York probably does this band no favors because right. this is a this is an area of the world in which uh, quality punk and hardcore is turned out at a rapid rate in high volume. Right. Um. So being being a middle of the pack, but still very decent hardcore band just isn't enough to to get get you a leg up in that world but yeah if this well, and, and honestly honestly yeah we've said it before who do you know yeah for sure yeah yeah right exactly because 
I, I'm not going to name any names, but there are some bands that I see playing every fucking show. Like I like in, in the general sort of like East Coast, larger East Coast Dominion, like PA, Jersey, New York and shit. There are some band, a couple bands out there that I see playing every fucking show. There's a couple West Coast bands, too, that I don't think are qualitatively much better than this band. But just knowing the right people, having the right label behind them, whatever, they're hype as fuck. They're on big fests, whatever. You know, if this band played some hype shows and they're really fun live and they know and get in with like the right group of people, I don't think there's that much separating this from some bands that I see right. playing every fucking show. So, right. yeah, I think I think this band has done no favors, A, by just not having like a particularly compelling recording as of yet. And uh, and maybe just you know not knowing the right folks playing the right shows. Yeah. So thorns, it wasn't uh, the step forward that we hoped it was going to be. Sure. Rose, still good enough. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. Fucking, you'd be the best band in the end of that night. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. There you go. All right. Cool. Let's uh, let's see what's up next. Rose. And I am going to hammer this until you're fucking sick of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the moment will come. <laughs> I'm sure. You're already rolling your eyes. <laughs> Four. Okay. Four is uh, Anti Machine with their self-titled EP. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you know, I I I can only assume you know, this is on Toxic State. This is out of Brooklyn. Um, so the exact phenomenon that we were just discussing is is going to be on full display here. So um, this is a six-song EP as well. They've got the first song queued up to play. So we'll go with that. So we're going to listen to Shut Up by Anti Machine off their self-titled EP. My mind is just a piece of shit this morning. <laughs> We just heard the song "Shut Up" by Anti Machine off their self-titled EP. Yeah, that was really that was really good. So so Ryan Donahoe sent this in. He said that he randomly saw this band at at the time of submission, which was in like November, uh, a few weeks previously, playing with uh, the band Scalpel, and was had never heard it previously. Uh, said it was really really good. He was blown away by it. Immediately went out and, and sought out the EP and picked it up. If you recognize the voice, uh, I guess this is the vocalist from uh, Crazy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but I would assume there's probably other other members <laughs> of that general sort of extended peer group, at least, playing in this band. This is uh, clearly not the, the first rodeo of anybody involved. Really, really good. Really solid, just ripping old school, you know, first wave U.S. hardcore punk stuff. Right, right. Great. Distinct, distinctly um, distinctly tight and catchy. Yeah. And rocking. Like, 
heavily rock and roll based. For sure. Yes. Uh, I have this seven inch, so I, I knew it was pretty good. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, cool. I knew it was pretty good. Yeah. So Roses, right? It's a great record. Yeah. Sounds great. Guys look fucking cool. Yeah. Right? Thorn, artwork is shit. Oh, really? I, I do not like that. Oh, artwork. see, I like the artwork. I don't like it. I think I, it's I feel good. like I feel like the artwork is um um it's just not slick enough for what we're hearing. Yeah, maybe. Sure. It's it's this to me is yeah, okay. I can see what you're saying about there being uh, an incongruity between these two things because that gives you maybe the impression of a more of a, a lumpy record style release, like with the artwork. Whereas maybe, maybe, or even just um, not as competent. Sure, yeah, maybe. I don't know, like that. I, I just it doesn't do anything for me. So fuck you. It sucks. Everything is subjective, uh-huh. but that is not. That sucks. I think it's pretty good. So clearly, I've, I've, just, I've just taken you to task on You're that. Um, yeah, this is. Uh, I think this is all around pretty good, including the artwork. I was actually going to point out specifically that one of the things that this has going over the control, controlled substance stuff is that it is uh, more immediately visually arresting for sure. I think the I think the the aesthetic that controlled substance has is is you know I would flip right past that in a seven inch bin, right? I'd be like, oh okay, we're getting we're getting tat artwork stuff. I know. Yeah, what I'm looking I, at, you, know, you know, I, I was gonna mentioned that it's like i feel like that has come and gone for sure yeah that's it's 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 out it's done that has come and gone leave that behind whereas if i saw this i would have at the very least pick it up turn it over and see who put it out and then i would say oh toxic state cool i'll pick this up right yeah. um but yeah all around really good uh i uh I, I don't know how i missed that i guess it was just one of those things that you know slipped through the right ra- slipped, slipped under the radar um let's roll the dice see what's up next we don't have to say anything else about that it ripped nope Three. Okay, three is uh, Mujeres Podridas with Muerte and Perezo. Uh, this is a release on Beach Impediment Records. You can find this at beachimpedimentrecords.bandcamp.com. Came out in August of 2021. Um, TJ, who submitted this, said that uh, there was some likelihood that we had already heard this. I have, but, and I don't remember it. Okay. Um, if, if it's come out on Beach Impediment, I'm going to check it out. Sure, yeah. And if I've got the money um, or whatever, and if it sticks enough... I'll usually order it. Right. I did not order this, um, and I don't know why. Um, maybe I didn't have the money. Who knows? But um, or maybe I, I don't know. But uh, it is on its third pressing. Yeah, for sure. So apparently people do like so this apparently in everyone likes this. Yeah, for sure. So I haven't heard this yet, so I'm, uh, I'm totally fresh to this. So we're going to listen to the opening track, uh, Te Odio, by Mujeres Podridas of Muerte and Perezo.
All right, we just heard the song Te Odio by Mujeres Podridas off Muerte and Parezo. Um, how'd you feel about that? So I remember why I didn't order this. Okay. Uh, I, musically, this is fucking great. Mm -hmm. Vocally, it's fucking great. Mm -hmm. I wish I could hear the vocals better. Yeah, for sure. Because they sound fucking great, and they're buried underneath all that fucking reverb and everything, which is a hip thing to do. Yeah. But it, for me, I felt like it was just overkill. Like, I want to hear her. I want to hear it. Yeah, I yeah. that production choice works really well sometimes, and in other instances, it really doesn't serve the recording, for sure. And with it being such a popular technique right now to employ in specifically these circles... It's just, it's become so fucking ubiquitous. Yeah. And I get it. I, I understand why. It sounds cool. It's like, it is, for bands who maybe don't have the strongest vocalist, it can also be a very useful crutch right. on your recording and, and make your shit sound cool, even if you're not doing that much. Right. Um, but yeah, for this, I, I agree with you. I, I would have liked to have heard the, vocal, heard the vocals a little bit more upfront on this, for sure. Yeah. That, I didn't want to dig through it to yeah. actually hear that. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I'm pretty sure that's why I didn't order it because that stuck out to me right away. Yeah, for sure. This is good though. I liked it a lot. I mean, this is uh, this is good, just rocking hardcore informed punk rock stuff, man. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, it's fucking. There's no re there's a million bands that are doing this. Yeah, sounds great, right? There's my rose. Sure, sounds great. Yeah. What the fuck? Why don't you just let me hear the fucking vocalist a little better? Yeah, for there's sure. The thorn. Yeah, there you go. Not not a bad thorn. All 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 things bad all things considered. Bad enough that I didn't order this. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. So you think this because it's a gripe, but I don't think it would prevent me from picking this up. Prevented me. Well, is it preventing you now, or are you just? I wouldn't buy it now. Okay. Like like I I, I at just now. Yeah. Right? I can only imagine. Probably back. You know, when I was listening, when I heard this, I, I don't know when. I'm in this past summer. Yeah. I just got tired of trying to like find that sure find the voice in the music right right um and because that's what happened to me just now it's like god I, I wish i could hear him better yeah 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 for sure i will say i'll i'll give <laughs> the thorn my thorn here because i've said nothing but good things about it other than concurring with your analysis about the vocals um i'll say that in a, a year jam-packed with really really good punk music this also maybe this is good bordering on great based on what I just heard, but I would say it maybe doesn't cut through to get to the top of stuff that I heard this year. Cause I bought a decent amount of records this year. I heard a lot more records that I liked and couldn't buy because they sold out so quickly. And I'm not sure if this gets, uh, I'm not sure if this gets into the upper echelon of stuff where I'm going to go and pick this up immediately. Well, see, upon hearing, that's you know? another, that's, Probably another thing is um, I bought a lot of fucking records as usual. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, at some point. Yeah. You just, you, you, it's, ex at some point buying records and listening to them. Yeah. And squirreling them away and everything that you fucking do mm -hmm. when you're a weirdo fucking hoarder. Sure. Right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is just so fucking taxing. Yeah, for sure. And at, at, and at some point for me, I find too. And I, I'm good about not giving into this urge if it's not right in front of me. But if I'm looking at a record, fucking forget about it. I have a really neurotic relationship with record collecting in general and collecting in general, more generally. I have this, and it is a, a distinct and well-defined like hoarder 
tendency, which is like, I want to protect and document these yes. artifacts. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. Mine are all impeccably stored. Right. Right. And and it's one of those things where it's like, I, I, I feel like somebody should own this. This can't languish in the back of a record shop somewhere. Oh, there's you know definitely I mean? there's definitely the fucking pound puppy effect on right. some like used records for sure. For a lot sure. of used records for sure. I mean, that's why, dude, I mean, you know, we do a Patreon series where we dig out stuff we haven't listened to in, in years and or maybe ever sometimes right. that is in our collection right and it's so much of that stuff that i pull out is like obscure 90s euro straight edge stuff or midwest screamo shit or whatever right. that it's like when i'm looking at it and it's in a one or two dollar bin at a flea market i'm just like you got to give it a loving home yeah it's like do i do i need this release on council records from fucking lansing michigan that is surely going to be also ran c-tier metallic screamo from 1995 no but it's also a dollar 50 and like it deserves better than to be in the trash heap because yeah, it's gonna go after after the dollar 50 bin it's going to the trash right heap. exactly yeah, so yeah. so i i feel like when presented with new records that are not i'm not looking directly at i'm better about that and i this is good but I don't think it's enough to compel me to immediately go and order it. You know? So you and I were just talking about sort of this phenomena that we share, this, right. this, I guess this predilection that we share yeah. of almost feeling like um, we, we need to take it upon ourselves to be the, the archivist right. of humanity. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, right. Before we started. Right, because we were yeah. watching some bullshit fucking Indiana death metal. Right. Right. And we were both, you know, mocking it and laughing at how bad it was, but at the same time, how stoked it is that we, we are that we found it. Yeah. Because now we have like personal documentation into the, you know, at least for the rest of our lives, posterity right. that, okay, we know this is out here. Right. Sure. Right. It's not just being howled into the nothingness of the void. At least two people have heard this. Right. Right. Yeah. For some reason, that's important. Yes. It's like when I find a, a photograph mm -hmm. on the ground. I have to pick it up. Right. Right. I have to pick up the photograph and like look at it. And I usually hold, I have a box of them. I used to have a whole wall of them in the house. Yeah. I have to hold on to it because it's almost like, um, it's almost like that photograph has like an alternate universe in it. Sure. Yeah. That I got to hold on to. So, so we, we feel compelled to be the archivist. Yeah. And it's just that, that then bleeds into our record collection. Oh, for sure. Right. For sure. I was so I was listening. I big up them last week, but I was I was listening uh, to first seven inch club as I was out making my rounds and, and working this last week. And um, they were doing an episode where they they listened to a seven inch by this band X-Men, uh, which is a Euro late 80s Euro straight edge band. Uh, I've heard of that band. Yep. It has members of other straight edge bands that from Europe that if you're a fucking weirdo, you probably have heard of too. It's one of which I think uh, oil that we listened to on uh, on our, one of our Patreon episodes that uh, had the track "Metal Free Youth." Um, maybe members of like Guiding Line or something, or at the very least, they were all interconnected in the, you know in that general world or whatever. Uh, oh, they, it was members of the band uh, Crivets. Crivets, who if you're of that world, you you if you if you know about Euro straight edge shit from the nineties, you've probably heard of Crivets at the very least. But when I was listening to it, I was just thinking, you know, a normal per a, a normal person hearing this, because it's really also ran straight edge shit on commitment records, which put out a zillion records right. just like it. My 
immediate inclination was like, I should, I should pick that up. It yes. wasn't good. Like it wasn't <laughs> no, good. No. I, I wasn't really having a good time listening to it in the sense that I was like, oh, this is ripping. But I was just like, I should have this. Well, you're not crazy, right? <laughs> We're looking at it now. Right, yeah. Right? And I have no expectation that that would be good, given the year that it came out, given right. the name of the band, given how it looks, given given every surface indicator. Right. I have no expectation that that would sound good. Yeah. But guaranteed, if I see this record yeah. in the picture here, uh, I'm not paying six ninety five for it. No, certainly not. But if I see this record in a two dollar bin, yeah, yeah, I'm buying. it. Of course, yeah, of and I'll course. never, I'll never fucking listen to it. <laughs> right. No. I'll buy it just for a laugh and right. then store it away. And then when they throw my corpse in the fucking ground and decide what are we gonna do with all this bullshit? Yeah. That's when this thing will finally go to a land. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I always talk about like how you know, by and large, I don't give a fuck, but like. If there is an afterlife or something beyond this mortal coil, I hope at the very least I get to stare down at the estate sale that takes place after I'm put into the ground, you know, and see people flipping through and going, guiding line? What the fuck is this? Sportswear? Yeah. You know what I mean? What the fuck is it? Why does this man have this shit? Why does this guy have three copies of that fucking chalk line set? Right. Yeah. I don't know because I saw him when I was 18 yeah. and it, they were all in the fucking dollar bin. And there's like, I've never listened to them since. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But like I buy that record because it's a buck and right. I see it everywhere. And it's uh, for whatever reason has some value to me. Right. Yeah. And by value, <laughs> let's make sure that we put that in the smallest possible font. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right? right. With quotation marks. Yeah. Right? Because it is utterly valueless. Yeah. I have so many records like that. Yeah. Yeah, same, man. <laughs> same. <laughs> I'm going to collect them till I die. And the thing about it is they're not worth selling. Yeah, that's the thing. Once you have them, you are forever bound to them. Yeah, you're not going to get rid of them unless <laughs> no. you throw them away. Because right. no one wants them. That's why they were a dollar in the first place. Yeah. They're not worth the effort to take somewhere and say, hey, will you buy these? Right. Right? Yeah. Because they'll say no. Right. Yeah. And of course I, not. I wasted <laughs> gas. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they're sure as hell not worth the effort to like package and take to the fucking no. Oh Christ, no. Right. Yeah. It's the media mail price to ship these is worth is more than the actual value of the record. Right. And you could maybe do some artsy crafties, make a fucking shitty little flower pot out of these seven yeah, inches. Sure. But then you just ruined a perfectly good seven <laughs> right. inch. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's um, it's 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 full on mental illness, no doubt. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's why I don't buy records like this because even though it is really good, there's only so much <laughs> I have to draw a line that's for what myself. I mean. somewhere. It just kind of gets exhausting. Right? Yeah, because I I know I'm gonna wander into the back of an antique mall here pretty soon and and pick up a bunch more uh, boy eraser seven inches from the mid nineties. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, like, yeah, it just gets exhausting. And at some point you do have to draw a line. Maybe that's what happened with this. Yeah. I can probably say that it was probably because of the vocal track on this. Yeah. Um, because she sounds really good, but man, is it fucking buried under a bunch of shit for sure. All right. Let's, uh, let's roll the dice again. One. Okay. One is predator with spiral unfolds. You can find this at totalpunkrecords.bandcamp.com. And uh, like I said, Total Punk put out uh, the Cherry Cheeks LP last year that was really, really good. We heard Cherry Cheeks on the on the show initially uh, because 
Um, Fatty Hurst from Florida sent it our way, and it was really good. Uh, and then they got way better, and they got signed to this label. I also have since checked out, uh, since it was submitted uh, quite a while back, the Smirk EP that oh, this yeah, label really put good. out, and it's yeah, really, really, really Smirk's, fucking yeah, good. Smirk stuff's really good. Yeah, really, really good. So, um, so I got high hopes for this. Um, I don't know if there was a particular song suggested to us because I never actually keep the uh, emails open after I read them because that would just be... Um, I don't have the attention Why span would you to do, do that? that. Right, yeah, sure. Um, but it you, looks... For a while, you started, like, keeping the names, like, you, you're next to it. I got the names. Okay. I got all the names, so I'm good with that yeah. at, at the very least. Yeah. So um, it looks like they've got the song Never Anything Before queued up to play, which is the second track on here, so we'll defer to their judgment. So we're going to hear Never Anything Before by Predator off of Spiral Unfolds. <laughs>
All right, we just heard the song Never Anything Before by the band Predator off of their release Spiral Unfolds. How'd you feel about that? That is a um, that is a uh, thornless rose. Yeah, that's really fucking good, huh? That was really fucking good. <laughs> yeah. I want to buy that a lot, but I do not have the uh, flexibility to do so right now. I feel you, yeah. Um, yeah, that was minimal, but also pretty stompy and yep. full. And I love the way that it just kind of, it started off with that stompy Tom part, mm. which is a winner every time. For right? sure. I mean, if you like hardcore, that's what you like. Right. That's the whole fucking reason we listen to this music is just to get to the Tom part. <laughs> yeah, right? right, exactly. Right? Yeah, sure. You start off with it, but then you just built on it. Right. Right, and that those leads on that, especially yep. in the back half, clear as a bell and just, mm, that was really good. And when they, the juxtaposition between the, I guess, clearly hardcore influence, the mm -hmm. hardcore DNA in this. Sure. But then just the deadpan post-punk yeah. vocals. Yeah, I love that. And this this fits right in with Total Punk's general output for sure. Um, yep. Yeah, this was really fucking good. I'm <laughs> I'm sorry I fucking slept on that. Yeah, this is really good, man. I, yeah, I'm bummed I missed this one too. But it looks like there's there's still copies of the LP up for grabs. So if you want to pick up a copy and you're more uh, liquid than either Nate or myself right now, uh, please please do. Um, yeah, this was great. I've, I've made no bones about how much I enjoy the, the current collision of subgenre with, uh, hardcore post-punk and very detectable in this and in other bands that I've enjoyed on this show, uh, garage rock. Um, you know, I've, I've talked about before how there's so, so much of the sixties garage rock stuff for me, you can, you can almost draw a straight line to the, the most primitive, bands that emerged from that scene to hardcore even more easily than you could a lot of the 77 punk to hardcore which was arguably a lot of that stuff was more informed by pop than a lot of the hyper primitive 60s garage rock stuff stateside that you were hearing that was a lot of toms a lot of really minimal guitars a lot of repetitive rhythms a lot of stuff that was borrowing from the the repetition of and stompiness of like real honest to god bayou blues shit like mississippi fred mcdowell and shit so this is this is primitive in a way that very much evokes my favorite bands of the 60s and some of the early 80s stuff that was very primitive in that way but was clearly post-punk and influence too like the band liars comes to mind um uh, not l-i-a-r-s the 90s and 2000s band but liars l-y-r-e-s which you should check out if you never heard before um but yeah man the just the the juxtaposition and interplay between hardcore post-punk garage rock here was really masterfully executed it was all the elements of all of those genres that i like coexisting together uh absolutely perfectly this was great when uh when i got a little bit more cash on hand i'm for sure gonna pick up a copy of this i might i might just yeah. pick up a cassette copy of it in the meantime to to tide me over because they're only six bucks so um yeah really really good thanks for the submission on that i need to yo total punk is kind of like a sleeper record uh, a sleeper label for me oh not for me man i like i haven't been i i ha i've i just really became aware of them after they put out like uh like maybe like the no so and civic stuff i i don't follow this label back as far as i probably should like this is a label i think i need to like jump into and check out the more remote quarter corners of their discography oh i mean you put out early lysol stuff oh yeah yeah for sure yep perverts again yep eric nervous yeah um yeah it's good man um rick and the pigs yeah 
yeah, I, I don't know. It's not a sleeper for me. I usually I get updates from total from from total punk, so I uh, usually uh, pay close attention. But yeah, I need to play. I, I, I need to pay this. better attention to this shit for sure. Because, like I said, I, I've I've only really become familiar with this this label in the last like year and a half or two years. I wasn't really paying attention before that, and I uh, I probably should be because man, everything I hear that this label puts out is great. They so. put out a personal in the pizzas seven inch apparently. Oh really? I I love personal in the pizzas. They're sick. Yeah. Uh, so. All right, yeah, that was uh, another winner from that world. Then uh, Atlanta based too. I should mention this band is out of Atlanta. So, and I guess the members play also in uh, in the band Nag, um, and I think another band G. G. too, Gigi King. Right. So I need to I need to add those to the list of of the ever growing list of bands that I haven't heard but need to check out. So, um, you want to roll the dice one more time? We got like uh, I don't know, we got like three or four messages. We've been going about an hour. Do we want to? Want to give another band a shot or pivot to voicemails? Let's give another band a shot. You're not going to beat that one. Probably not, no. Um, but uh, we'll give another band a shot. All I right, got, cool. I got a couple more thorns to hand out. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Three. All right, cool. I was uh, I was kind of hoping that we would land on this. Just uh, I was going to check this out regardless. So this is Boss with Cash Em In. You can find this at staticshockrecords.bandcamp.com. This came out uh, just at the beginning of December, so that uh, that might be responsible for why I, I missed this shit because it, it 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 came in like you know right at the end of the year. So um, our friend Joe sent this in. I typically trust Joe's taste. It's on Static Shock. I think it's probably going to be hard to go wrong with this. So we're going to listen to Cash Em In off of the seven inch called. Ca- <laughs> we're going to listen to Cash Em In off of the seven inch of the same name by the band Boss. Just find the right soul, and first you form a circle. I step to the right, a gravitational miracle. First you get a smile, and then you get a chance. It's done as it starts, a trip over the top. First you get a smile, and then you get a chance. Dust yourself off and get a pat on the back. We just heard Cash Em In off of the seven inch of the same name by the band Boss, uh, notably f- featuring Jonah Falco, Jonah Falco on vocals. 
I gotta say this uh, this this maybe uh, this maybe ousted the predator stuff for me as the best shit that we heard tonight. This this is very 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 squarely in my lane. Yeah, this was really fucking good. Not that I would expect anything that Jonah Falco is involved in to not be of this caliber. The dude has never been in a band that's anything short of great that we know of. That we know of certainly right. Yes, that, you know he right. might have some. He might have some stinkers. Some real stinkers. Yeah, for sure, that he's hiding away. Um, but this is not one of them. This is great. This is uh, unfortunately but understandably sold out. I'm going to have to go and uh, check the Sorry State distro and see if they got any stateside copies of this stuff uh, still in stock. I imagine that they probably got some copies of this. This was great, man. I mean, fucking glammy, fucking power poppy punk rock. This is so good. I can't say enough good good things about this. This, it, if you it, like songs, we say if you like hardcore, you 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 should like this band about a lot of stuff. If you like music, you should like this band, right? Yeah, this is this is definitely going to straddle a lot of lines for folks, right? Yeah. I mean, it, and it does. I mean, it seems like since we invoked Gary Glitter, uh huh, right? Yeah, it's kind of been creeping around the fucking yeah. neighborhood yeah for sure i don't know if yeah. that's a good thing <laughs> yeah i don't right? know it's sonically it's a good thing yeah i mean sonically it's a good thing but ever since we you invoked him some weeks back yeah it's uh he's popped up a few times at least personally yeah for sure right well you you could compare this to other stuff that isn't gary glitter of the same era whatever. exactly right but gary glitter was the most recent um we'll say uk glam artist that we uh Big upped on this show. That's the most true. recent pedophile that we've ever show. <laughs> that we know of. That we know. Most of, of them keep it much closer to the belt than Gary did. God knows. <laughs> God knows what that sewer hermit crew is getting. <laughs> right. Yeah. For sure. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this this is fucking good. This is uh, here. Here's my thorn. Give me more than two songs. That's why I didn't fucking. For sure. This. Yeah. For I told sure. you that when I, we saw it in a lineup. I was like, this is really good, but I ain't paying that for two songs. Yeah. No. For sure. Two two songs is uh, is a slap in the face. I got a shout out uh, first seven inch club once again because that is a big gripe that they fall back on a lot. Like, and, yo, why are you giving me two songs on a seven inch? And, and so this band also released, which I didn't know. They've been around since 2018. Oh, okay. They put something on Goner, a steel box oh, cool. e- called EP. I mean, an EP called Steel Box, mm-hmm. two songs. Yeah, man. I come get on. it. You're busy. You're grown up. Sure, yeah. Right? But four songs is not a lot to ask. Four songs ain't a lot to ask. And you know? so when I heard this, I thought, sick. This is really good. I ain't buying that. Um, I'll wait for the compilation release. I'll wait for the yeah. compilation release or a yeah. full length or something like that. Yeah, for sure. I will say, I it's... It's impossible to, to talk about this band, I think, given that it's on Static Shock, mm-hmm. given the artwork, yep. without mentioning Chubby and the Gang. Sure. I like this better than I like the new Chubby and the Gang. I liked I liked the new Chubby and the Gang a lot, but yeah, I thought that this was this was better for I sure. I like the old Chubby and the Gang better than the new one. Yeah, I agree. They, I think they, a lot they, of people feel that way. All the speed and everything. For sure. It's 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 it is a lot more They're growing up. They're it's going a, for it. It's a lot more firmly rooted in the aforementioned glam and power pop realm than the previous stuff was. And I thought that the last LP uh, melded those influences with like the more overt hardcore punk influences really well, and that was one of the things that that made it uh, stand out and exciting. And they did issue some of those influences on the new LP for sure. Still really good, but I prefer the the first LP Speed Kills as well. And I prefer this too. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, this is this is undeniably great. Uh, unequivocally, I would really, really, I beseech the Jonah Falco, uh, do a release with more than two songs. You've got a format, and the songs are under two minutes and under two and a half minutes in length. So it's like you're really 
you're really wasting the vinyl, man. I, I almost—it's almost predatory to release something <laughs> right. like this yeah, yeah, yeah. on a UK label, yeah, and then have it only be two songs. Yeah. It's almost predatory. Almost, yeah, right, yeah, 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 for sure. You're 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 not even you're not even pretending like you're attempting to utilize the full potential of the format here, right? right. You could put easily six songs of this length on a seven inch and not sacrifice the the audio fidelity of that format at all nope. so do better next time but the songs are great yeah it's good all right let's uh let's pivot to voicemails all right yo what's up it's uh it's me again the the mail tub shitter um i just wanted to say that I, what i meant to, what what i tried to say before it was like cutting off is that i hope your podcast does better uh for the coming year you know with reach and numbers and whatever you know i just i generally really fucking enjoy the podcast it gets me through some of the most shitty fucking days at work um yeah and then also uh some people were saying that they don't they don't like nate's fucking negativity i fucking live for it all right it, it, you know it, it makes me feel so much better that when i'm having a bad day at work that nate is having an even worse one so please stay negative I fucking love it. It's the funniest shit ever. Also, uh, you guys were talking about video games. Divinity Original Sin 2. Fucking buy that game right now. It was on sale. I don't think it's going to be by the time you guys hear this. Um, but fucking buy that game. Uh, I thought it looked gay as shit when I first saw it. It was like turn-based combat. What the fuck is this? This looks dumb. But I fucking sunk 100 hours easy, and I had to rip myself away from it because I started ignoring my uh, my woman, you know? So, fucking buy that game. Good fucking story. Good fucking lore. Good gameplay. I think it was written by the same dude who wrote for uh, Fallout New Vegas. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, love you guys. Peace. Yeah, so the Divinity games are really, really fucking good. I, I, I did not think they looked gay upon first glance because I grew up with CRPGs and uh, JRPGs, which are predominantly uh, turn-based or uh, tactical in nature. I don't even think I played a non-turn-based RPG at all probably until, like, Morrowind came out. I think, like, the Elder Scrolls series was probably my introduction to, to non-turn-based non or, at the very least you know, uh, Baldur's Gate style tactical pause, pause based combat, you know, yeah. um, the divinity games are a great, great continuation of that classic, like nineties forgotten realms, Baldur's Gate, Icewind Dale, Planescape Torment, like D and D style CRPGs. Really, really good. If you like those games, I also uh, recommend uh, the Pillars of Eternity games. They're fucking excellent. And, uh, I know for a fact that the dude who was involved in New Vegas that you're referencing, uh, J.E. Sawyer, did for sure work on the Pillars of Eternity games. He also worked on the aforementioned uh, Icewind Dale and some other uh, 90s D&D uh, Black Isle games. Um, so, yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, also, I, I guess I commiserate with you on Nate's negativity being funny, but I will say... A little selfish, you know what I mean. You you don't you don't want our you don't want our man to do better so that you can you can so, revel in his despair. So, uh, full disclosure, like I don't know, last August or something. Yeah, went back to seeing a therapist, right? Sure. And went in, you know, broke down how I'm feeling. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, uh, the last therapist that I went to. Right. Um, 
I, I learned through a mutual acquaintance uh-huh. that uh, she felt I was very um, intense and intimidating <laughs> and that the sessions were very draining. Right, sure. And I'm like, okay, well, this probably isn't the best relationship. Right, yeah, probably not. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want this to be an ordeal for you. I right. don't, I don't want, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you don't want to make your therapist have to see a therapist. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Like, I don't want to... I, I, you're trying to help me. Right. I'm not trying to hurt you. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Right? Yeah. The new the new one I went to uh, laid it all out and, uh, you know, just like, oh, man, I got to get a better man. And he goes, well, you know, they say that um, very often uh, depressed people see the world most clearly as it is. And I thought, oh, my no. Oh, God, don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, 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 yeah, please give me a better answer than that. <laughs> Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> like I said, I guess I think I said something like, he's like, so what are you looking for? I was like, I want somebody either tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Like, show me that I'm wrong about everything. Sure, yeah. Or tell me I'm right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, well, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, 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 right? for sure. I, I had, I, I've had a kind of a similar experience with my longstanding therapist who I, I see less frequently now, but uh started seeing many years ago and he's like a a vietnam vet guy so he's real no bullshit and he has a really similar disposition to that where i would hit him with with observations about my you know just the world in which we lived and he's like well you're not wrong (laughs) it's like yeah i know but that's the problem right (laughs) yeah isn't that (laughs) what's that do for me right right? i know i'm right that's why i'm here (laughs) right (laughs) help me out you know what i mean like so yeah Yeah. i I feel you i commiserate with you so uh if 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 i ever come back down out of the mountains yeah and give up hunting grizz yeah Maybe I'll check out this game. Okay. Here's my thing. Yeah. I I bought two games this year. Mm-hmm. I buy a game and I play it until I have chased down every single thing in the game. I don't play yeah. a different game while I do this. Right. Right. That's all I that's the only game I play. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And I play it until there is literally nothing else for me to discover or to do in the game. And I go, okay, time for a new one. That's a good way to do it. Man. I don't know how people, you know, buy like you know, have like a library of all these different games. Like how, how do you find that satisfying? It's just, For sure. it's too schizophrenic. Yeah. Plus like one of the, the, not one of, I would say the primary, uh, the primary attraction to video games for me, especially in the state that they currently exist of, you know, like the technologically advanced state that they currently exist is immersion and total escape from reality. So yeah. My ability to to me to maintain the illusion of like a consistent, ongoing, evolving, and ever present world is very helpful in that sense. So to bounce between The Witcher and Red Dead Redemption and Skyrim or whatever, it it breaks that sense of immersion. Whereas I can just I I can go back to the real world. That's right. World. That's right. <laughs> when I when I log back in, That's finally right. I'm going back to who I really am. I'm Geralt of Rivia. I've I've been on the trail of a legendary white tail. That's right. For like three weeks in game. Yeah. Right. Right. Can't find that fucker. Yeah. I don't think I got the right bait. You'll get there. I, I got to get there. <laughs> You'll get right? him, yeah. And that's the thing. Like I don't. I don't focus. Like that's the game I play. And if it takes me ten fucking months, yeah. And I don't fuck around with games that are not. I'm not gonna fuck around and buy spend money on a game that might be good. Right. Sure. Yeah. No. 
Yeah. I'm only going to check out games that have been universally fucking lauded. Well, the Divinity games have right. been universally lauded. And I know lauded, that. I yes. know that. But I'm not going to fuck around with, like, some other game. I Here's the thing. I'm not a fan of gaming. Right. I like to play video games. Right. But I yes. don't actually give a shit about the difference between indie developers and, like, you know, big game studios. I don't give a fuck as long as the product is good. Sure. Yeah. And I'm not interested in, like, I'm not interested in, uh, I don't know, I guess uh, anything that is not, like, top fucking tier. Sure. That makes sense. I'm not going to waste my money. Yeah. That makes sense for sure. Simple as that. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see, let's see the next one. What's up, baby boys? This is Zach Honeycutt calling in again. I haven't called in in a while, and I'm basically just here to instigate some dying fetus discourse. Um, basically, I fucking absolutely love dying fetus, even though they incorporate elements of genres and subgenres that I otherwise can't stand. I find that they have this really interesting and cool fusion that just fucking works for me. And I'm just curious, because you guys are pretty well versed in death metal and have your very uh, developed taste, very refined gentleman you are. Uh, yeah, just kind of wanted to hear your takes, get some possibly other recommendations too. I love you both so very much. Have a great day. So I haven't, I, I, I don't really, I, I wouldn't call myself a dying fetus fan, mm -hmm. but I have no, no gripe with them. When like I get, I get why people don't like them. Sure. Yeah. But when I hear dying fetus, I'm like, all right, this is a pretty cool song. Yeah, so, and so for me personally, actually, Dying Fetus, Dying Fetus might have been my first proper introduction to like, you know, quote unquote, real death metal, I guess. So I, I distinctly remember where I was, who I was with the first time I heard Dying Fetus. I had come to death metal via the revived, the, the revived, uh, Jamie Josta hosted Headbangers Ball that was uh, popular during my my very formative years getting into like punk and hardcore and metal stuff in the early 2000s. And so I had heard like, you know, Lamb of God. And I've talked about this on the show before. I heard like Lamb of God and, and Black Dahlia Murder and shit sound? like that. Who's that? Lamb of God? Yeah. Wow, yow. They sound like this. They sound like that. Hey, I'm going <laughs> to sing some metal. Yeah. <laughs> Buy my coins. <laughs> so I had come to, to death metal via via that that stuff. Um, and like some of it I latched onto, but I hadn't really explored yet. And I was probably 15 and I was playing in a band at the time. And the guitarist, the second, the other guitarist was like, dude, have you heard this band Dying Fetus? And I was like, no, sick name though. And he played me um, Raped on the Altar, I think is the track, which is off their their first proper full length. I think they have a couple tapes before it, but uh, Putrefication Through Violence that came out in 96. And I was immediately taken with it and knew that I needed to investigate death metal further. Um, and so Dying Fetus, even though my interest had been sparked by, by Poser death metal, uh, that was probably the first like true death metal band where I was like, oh shit, I need to dive into the genre and see what's up. Um, and I think that they've remained pretty consistently good. Like they are goofy, you know, putting out a record in 2017 called Wrong One to Fuck With. Right. It's stupid and goofy and they've become kind of a caricature of they've themselves. They've kind of become, like they did the, um, what is it? Um, what is the Adult Swim fish tank show? Oh, uh, fucking. Ah, anyway, they yeah. were on an adult, they've become yeah. an adult, adult swim death metal band. Right, sure. But 
yeah, I, I feel like I don't really have any animus towards them. No, and I, I actively like them. And I actually thought even, I even thought, despite the stupid name, Wrong One to Fuck With was a pretty good pretty good record. If you like slamming brutal death metal, you like Dying Fetus. I mean, they're a band that has has risen to the top of their, of their particular lane for good reason, I think. Yeah, they have really insufferable fucking fans. Yes, they're kind of goofy. But if you go back and fuck with, especially that early to mid-90s era, I mean, if you've, if you've written them off as just a joke band, uh, an outlier of the genre, go back and specifically listen to Putrefication Through Violence um, from 96. I, I think you, if you like genre of that era, if you like suffocation of that era, you'll probably like Dying for You. Here's too. the thing. Basically, I, I, every fan, every fan base is insufferable, right? Yes, yeah, that's true. There's no such thing as a fan base that is not full of insufferable fucking idiots. For sure. Yeah. We were talking last night about... We, we were watching, what, that Japanese guitar show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. somebody had on, like, the full fucking, like, knee-length trench coat battle vest. Yeah. With patches all over it. And we are talking about how you go to, like, MDF and you see that shit. And you see some people that are wearing, like, full-on, like, tabards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like they're <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. dwarves from right. the fucking hills or yeah. something. Come down <laughs> with these patches immaculately lined up and sewed everywhere. Yeah. Utterly insufferable. Yeah. What kind of fucking idiot are you? Sure. Right? It's the same. It's the same everywhere. So, some are just, I guess, more insufferable than others. But yeah, whatever. Dying fetus is fine when I hear it. I don't chase it down though. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I did kind of go down a band camp rabbit hole. Picked up some good uh, Chilean death metal. Oh yeah. Just wanted a shot of the band called Deviants. As far as I know, they're not fascists. <laughs> as far as you know. But right. apparently, I can't discern. Right. Right. Yeah. I get too clouded over with the wit, the wafting, and the waves, and the incense of the the, the good jams. Right. Yeah. That uh, I, I I can't I can't identify the imperial eagle when I hear it. <laughs> yeah, I fall under the thrall of the riff. Right. You know I mean? Right. Right. I'm ensorcelled by death metal, <laughs> and then you know I, I I totally miss the fascist boots coming for us all. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. 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 From these harmless idiots in japan yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh deviants like uh d-e-v-i-a-n-t-s okay on uh, i think burning coffin all right cool i'll yeah. check that out that was fucking good also uh plug to the show that we were listening to that our friend josh or watching last night that our friend josh put us on to rock fujiyama I'm not really going to provide much more context than that, other than that it is a Japanese game show, kind of, that is entirely based uh, around a love of hard rock and guitars. And if that sounds attractive to you, the entire series is uh, up on YouTube. Watch the first run from like 2006 to 2007. The newer stuff is like a, a YouTube series that's not as good. It is hosted by Marty Friedman. Of, Who cannot help himself. uh uh-huh. But fuck up every classic fucking metal riff <laughs> yeah, 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 with yeah. incessant soloing. Yeah, for sure. And um, you may or may not be aware of this, but Marty Freeman has, has lived in Japan for a long time and is like a certified card-carrying weeb and is entirely fluent in Japanese. And seeing him go like full Japanese mode on that show is endlessly entertaining. So if that sounds good to you, check out Rock Fujiyama on, on YouTube. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's hear the next next message. All right, 90 minutes, I mean 90 seconds of shit stories. Uh, the first one, a uh, gentleman was his first day as a temp, and he was working on the floor, and all of a sudden just shit all over the floor, took off running towards the bathroom, yelled at the floor man saying, Dave, I'll be back. I just shit myself. And then 
couple days later, we heard about uh, a pair of shitty pink panties in the men's bathroom trash can. But the better one is another man named John. So aptly, uh, you know, whatever the fuck word is. Uh, this man had had a uh, one of those surgeries, uh, the, the gastric bypass, but he hadn't changed his eating. And, uh, you know, when he'd fart, like, it was, it smelled so bad that one time I reported, uh, I thought, like, a sewage line had bust in the men's restroom, but that was just his work area and his ass. Um, so one day I'm taking a shit in, in the bathroom, and uh, there's someone in the stall next to me, and they're finishing up, and they stand up, and I can hear the buckle going, and all of a sudden I hear the worst sound of, like, what could only sound like a bucket of mop water being dumped into a fucking Depends and running down a pair of Levi's. What's more fucked up is that this gentleman decided to just baby powder his whole bottom fucking half right out the rest of the day. To which later he was sent home for being a fucking biohazard. I hope y'all are having a great fucking day. Fuck off. Yeah, those are some good shit stories for sure. Yeah, pretty good. I've got a few, man. Yeah. I, I sent you a picture of it the day after we recorded last week. Mm -hmm. Went to work at the, the, yeah. the county road where my office is, mm -hmm. not too far away from the driveway, like within 100 yards of the driveway, was a discarded empty box of men's large Depends. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the the universe placed them there, for and it's you. a big boy in the box too. It is a big boy in the box. Yeah, it's probably what I'm going to look like when I'm about sixty. Yeah, probably so. It's, <laughs> probably a, big, it's so. a big boy in the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, had dinner with some friends at their apartment one time. Mm -hmm. We went out for a movie, and um, we went back, and it was just my buddy and his girlfriend and me, and we had dinner. And at some point during dinner, girlfriend got up and got to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. She's in there for a little while. Whatever, you know. You know, like, when somebody's gone, there's shit. Sure, yeah, of course. There's shit. Yeah. Who cares, right? Right. Small apartment. I got to go a little later. Mm -hmm. Now, she goes to the bathroom. She comes out. She keeps eating dinner. Nothing's changed. And she did not do anything else than go to the bathroom and come back. Right. Okay. Maybe five minutes. I get up later to go to the bathroom. I go in. It smells horrible. Now, I hate the smell of shit. Yeah. Like... Nobody like some people like it, sure, yeah. But nobody like no, most people don't like like it, right? I hate it. Yeah, I know this about you. I hate the smell of shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know how I know how smells work. I know how scent works. Right. I know how you detect it. Right. The thought of that, the physiology and the mechanics of that, bothers the fucking shit out of me. Yeah. I hate the smell of fucking shit. Right. Can't do it. Walk in the bathroom's horrible. I gotta go. I take a piss. I tuck my nose on my shirt. I try to hold my breath, right? Yeah. I turn to leave. In the shower, I can see the shower curtain is pulled. The shower was not run, but is a pair of fucking panties loaded with fucking shit <laughs> and shit splattered all over the front of the fucking tub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I walk out and close the door. Not a word is said between anybody. Yeah, of course not. And nothing was ever said about that incident. <laughs> I finished my, my dinner and then I went home. <laughs> I feel like you would have to clean up after that. I know. You know? I know. Or I, I, like, did you shit your pants in the tub? Or did you yeah. shit your pants somewhere early in the evening? Right. Did you fucking shit in the tub and then get it on your pants? <laughs> and then put your pants? Because it was, it was a mountain of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, there's something going on there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, mystery that'll never be solved. Uh, should never be solved. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's hear the last one. What's up, bitches? Fuck you both and hope you die to this year, you know? Get shot, Nate. Greg, get COVID. Fuck you all. But a uh, serious question. Um, going back to, like, New York hardcore and how the change went from, I mean, like, you could say straight hardcore to kind of like the mal- the more metallic side of, like, Marauder and Decision. Uh, why am I forgetting that other band? Yeah, you'd say Life of Agony is metallic. But, um... What band, in your opinion, I'm just curious, really, uh, kind of implemented that transition the most? I mean, some people would say, like, going to Killing Time almost. I mean, you could say that, but I think the Killing Time has more than the top, the metal edge. But then you also kind of got, like, Life of Agony kind of impl- implemented that. And also, yes, Life of Agony is New York hardcore, but would you say Brooklyn hardcore has a slight difference to New York hardcore like there is such thing as a New York hardcore and then there is such thing as like Brooklyn hardcore like because I think Brooklyn hardcore has its own sound like Brooklyn hardcore coming into the 90s a lot more metallic New York hardcore even going into the 90s still kind of more on the hardcore hardcore punk side just your thoughts that doesn't make any sense I'm sorry I'm dead peace all right, so AJ, good good to hear a coherent question from you. I always appreciate that. I appreciate you keeping it concise. So, I mean, I, I don't think you could pin that down to, to one band, and the presence of, of metallic influence in New York hardcore is very, very close to... To the genesis of the of the form, uh, you really only have a few years of, of kind of pure, unbridled, non-metallic hardcore in New York with Agnostic Front, Antidote, and stuff like that. I mean, I would say as soon as Cro-Mags released Age of Quarrel, the door gets kicked wide open. And pretty soon after that, you get Leeway, you get Ludacris, you get Crumb Suckers, you get all of that shit. I wouldn't really pin the metallic pivot of the more overtly metallic and heavy pivot of uh, 90s New York hardcore on Killing Time. Certainly, <clears throat> it predicts some of the, the the bouncier components, stuff like Breakdown and Killing Time predicts some of the bouncier components that would become more prevalent and pronounced in, in 90s New York hardcore. But, uh, I mean, you know, as you kind of hinted at talking about there being a delineation even between like more specifically Brooklyn hardcore and, and New York hardcore at large, there's such a wide breadth of, of sound on display from the mid 80s forward in New York that I think na- nailing it down to sort of like one common ancestor uh, that inspired all of that shit would, would be a pretty tall order. Um, I think it's just a synthesis of a zillion, zillion different influences, uh, a, a literal melting pot of, uh, of bands doing... a a huge variety of approaches to hardcore and punk and metal music all existing basically on top of each other in the, you know, sprawling urban space that is New York and its various boroughs. So yeah, I wouldn't pin that down to, to any one influence. And also you cited really sonically disparate bands like indecision sounds nothing like Marauder and life of agony sounds nothing like either of those bands. So I would say even the influences that led those bands individually to arrive where they did are also probably incredibly disparate, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. And I don't care about enough about New York hardcore to really pick at that, pick at it that much. Sure. I will say that, you know, in concurrence with you, 
all of these genres are being edified into their like modern forms right at this time yeah for sure yes right? we yeah. touch on this on like patreon episodes and a lot of times you know why did it why did the you know this punk band or why did these hardcore dudes these dudes are in a hardcore band try to play metal because that's what they wanted to play the whole time right yeah sure but they couldn't <laughs> yep exactly and so you have all these different genres that are being solidified and coming together and taking shape. Right. And you've got, uh, and, and, and everybody's pulling from everything else. And, and yep. yeah, you just, eventually you just started to get a ton of overlap. For sure. Sonic overlap. Plus like the nineties, there was, everything was, everything that existed under the broad umbrella of alternative music, you know, which includes punk and hardcore and metal and stuff. It was uh, experiencing mainstream exposure like it never had previously, and a lot of scenes were also colliding with one another in a way that they just previously hadn't had the opportunity to do on a commercial level, where you you now were getting like Sepultura playing shows with Biohazard and you know sick of it all and shit like this so you had the collision of these worlds where there was really overt overlap between scenes and people were actively borrowing from uh, from one another like for me a band like marauder is very clearly pulling from something like sepultura and stuff mm. um and the, you know what i mean I, I i don't know the the you just the cross-pollination between scenes at this point is active and ongoing and produces a lot of very interesting uh cross genre type of stuff in the 90s you know what i mean we've talked about like the judgment night soundtrack on this show before um yeah it was just it was just straight up like a weird time earth crisis played ozfest in the 90s you know what i mean it was it was a weird fucking it was a weird time for music in general so um all right we got uh we got a couple text messages i'll uh i'll read those real quick and then we'll call it a night so Somebody uh, sent us a somebody sent us a link to uh, something that is on the uh, crack smokers um, the crack smokers subreddit um, and it is literally just a picture of a crack pipe and a flashlight with the caption now the fun begins <laughs> yeah I don't know man that doesn't appeal to me like I said I, I feel like um, I don't know it's a little too it's a little too um, uh predatory and voyeuristic it's like it, the the fruit is a little too low hanging for you it's it's i said it's punching down right yeah, we yeah, do yeah. plenty of punching down but yeah. this is like come on yeah for sure i feel that uh I've, I've perused it a little bit and like i said i think after the initial shock wore off where i was like yeah these people are are openly celebrating the fact that they're smoking crack um it didn't yeah it didn't hold a lot of appeal for me either so i'm with you um so this one comes from uh drew from gum who tried to leave a voicemail in two separate attempts and failed both times and then just messaged me and said, hey, I'm just going to text you this because I can't. My brain shuts down when I try to do a voicemail. So he said, uh, all right, since I can't leave a fucking voicemail without sounding like a Neanderthal, here's the deal. Unless Omicron fucks things up for us, Gum and MS Paint will be doing three shows together this weekend. January 14th, New Orleans at Saturn Bar. January 15th, Hattiesburg at Thirsty Hippo. And January 16th, Birmingham at the Firehouse. So if you're in the South and you have the opportunity, both Gum and MS Paint, excellent bands. Uh, if you can go catch them, please do. Uh, I've seen both bands live a couple times now and they, uh, they, they do not disappoint really, really good stuff Two of my favorite bands out right now. So, uh, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. If, uh, you want to leave us a message, it's two six zero two 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 eight three four one. Just keep it brief. If you want to submit music, it's demo listen podcast at gmail.com. 
If you want to become a patron, it is patreon.com slash demolition podcast. We do have a couple new patrons, but I'll uh, I'll shout you out at the top of the next episode because I totally forgot to make a note of that on this one. Uh, $5 and up gets you access to all the content that we put out. We try to put out two new episodes every month. And $10 and up gets you access to that, plus all of the tapes that re- we release. I'm just waiting on artwork for uh, the soothing tape. I've got all the tracks for it. Uh, so as soon as we get uh, as soon as we get the art and the layout in, sending that over to press. So hopefully I'll have that in hand uh, at some point within the next couple months too. So if you're a $10 subscriber, you got something else coming to you within uh, you know the first the first quarter of the year as planned. Uh, Thanks to uh, everybody for listening. Rate and review. Tell your friends all that good shit, and we'll catch you on the next one.